Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Boundless Self. As always, thank you for being here. I'm very excited to share with you that I'm recording this episode from Bali. I'm here to see some friends for the past kind of week or so, and now I've got about another 10 days solo, which, to be honest, has provided some challenges within itself. I'm definitely experiencing some feelings of loneliness, and it's nothing like I expected on this wee solo version of my trip. And I have been having to do a fuck ton of inner child work while I'm here. And that is why I'm bringing you today's episode, which is called How to Heal Your Inner Child. So if you don't know, inner child work is something that I believe is so fucking important. Now, your inner child is a part of you. It is a part of the unconscious, often part of our minds, so something that we're not necessarily aware of. And it's a part of us that contains all of our unmet needs in our childhood, all of our pain, all of our trauma, all of our worries, all of our fears. It's the young, vulnerable part of us that existed as a child, and it still exists within your mind today. Now, where it exists, that is in your unconscious mind most of the time for most people. But doing inner child work brings it from the unconscious to the conscious. It's a part of you that exists. I am rooted in the modality or, you know, what I teach primarily is called part theory, meaning that there are different parts of us that exist, almost different personalities that exist within us, and they get triggered from time to time. And your inner child is one of those parts. Your inner child is the young part of you. It is the version of you that existed as a child and it contains all of your childlike stories, all of the things that you made up, all of the things that you learned to believe as a child, all of the things that you learned to do or how to behave to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself loved and looked after. It's all of that. But what's so interesting about this part of you is your inner child, aka this almost personality that exists within you and sometimes gets triggered to take over your life, to take over steering, you know, the car that is your mind. The interesting thing about it is it is young. It isn't however old you are today. And often your inner child doesn't know that you're an adult now. That's what I find fascinating. So let's take an example of your inner child being triggered, okay, so that you can understand how your inner child might show up in your life. And I want to share this fantastic personal example of mine, a really fucking bright, shining moment in my life. And it's while I was traveling and it was in a relationship. And our relationships are a fantastic fucking playground for our inner child to show up because of the fact that 
your inner child is the part of you that's highly concerned with attachment and connection to other people. Therefore, your relationships is usually where your dynamics that you had with your parent or your caregiver often repeat and show themselves up in the same patterns with your current partners in your romantic relationships and also in your friendships as well, sometimes even with colleagues too. But let me share this bloody great story and example. Feel free to have a cackle along the way about when my inner child was triggered. It's my favorite memory to look back on and share. <laughs> so I was in, this was when I was maybe 22, 23, um, a few moons ago now. I was traveling in Portugal um, with a, my partner at the time and I had just been away overseas for two years. I'd gone and worked at a camp. I'd gone traveling um, and I'd gotten into the, this relationship with this um, lovely guy who was traveling with me and then we were going to go home together. So we were in our last sort of section of our trip before we were headed back home to New Zealand and I was very financially stretched. I was in, I think must have been five to six K of debt. My overdrafts were maxed out. I had a very limited amount of funds that was going to get me through that last portion of the trip. And then I knew that I needed to kind of find a job right away. And I'd spent this last kind of few months while we were traveling, trying to pursue a online job, trying to figure out a way to make money online. I was making bloody blog posts. I was trying to find remote work. And nothing, nothing, I had no idea what, I even actually started, this is something I've never even shared before, I actually started a Shopify store, which if you don't know is like an online store um, where you drop ship or where you, you don't have to have the, the product actually there, you can just organize for the, uh, for the product seller to ship it directly to the person that buys it, you're just the store. I actually started a Shopify store selling random cheap watches and I called it watch this way I know I thought I thought it was quite funny um but anyway getting off track here so I'm very strapped for cash I'm coming home after being away for a couple of years and I had been trying and trying and trying to figure out this on like a world of being able to make money online I wanted nothing more than to be able to come home with money with a job with a you know career that I was passionate about I wanted to come home feeling successful and I felt like I was coming back home to New Zealand with nothing with just just me essentially bloody 6k in debt and no idea what the fuck I was doing with my life and that was not the vision that I had for myself so I was in a bit of a state to be honest and we were in Portugal very strapped for cash and I wasn't sharing a lot of this with my partner at the time of course I wasn't sharing how anxious I was about everything and as you do, you know, and um, we were on our last, we were in our last day at a Airbnb before we were going to one final place. And we had, um, I'm dairy free, so I don't have milk or anything like that. And we had our last breakfast kind of organized. I had these, you know, two pieces of toast, some peanut butter, and he had some wheat bix and some milk. And I was like, perfect. Like, that's our last breakfast. Then we'll head out. Don't need to buy anything else because um, I was very strapped for cash. So it was great that I didn't have to do that. And I woke up in the morning and the bloody bastard had eaten my last two pieces of toast that I was going to have for breakfast. And his wheat bix and milk were still there, which I couldn't have because I'm dairy free. And I was fucking pissed. I was so like, I remember just this wave of emotion overtook me. I saw red and I actually 
I stood in front of him. I came out where he was and I, I literally stood in front of him. I stomped my foot on the ground. I did like this big like hmm, with my arms, you know, like when a little kid does it. And I was like, did you eat my last two pieces of toast? And I went on this big run. I was like, and it was like, you don't even care about me because you ate these two pieces of toast and we're going somewhere and they're like, don't have the money to buy more toast. And you just don't even think about me at all. And I just, I stomped my foot and I started crying and I ran. I ran out of this place that we were in. I took my phone, which I had no data whatsoever, barely any idea where we were. And I went down to the beach and I just cried and cried and cried. And I put on like Taylor Swift or something like that. And I was just walking down the beach, just crying and crying and crying, being like, he doesn't care about me at all. Like he doesn't think about me. He, you know, he doesn't want me. Um, And just going on this massive tangent of how, this partner at the time didn't care about me because he ate my last two pieces of toast. I was so upset, you guys. I was so like just beyond, right? And eventually I, after a few hours, I come back and he's all frantic and worried. He has no idea what's going on. He's been out there searching for me, like thinking I'm in danger or something. And bless his sweet soul, he's like, oh, I can buy us some more toast. Like um so it was it was quite looking back at it it's it's quite funny but I really see now my inner child was triggered I wasn't my adult self I wasn't my adult self in that situation so this brings me to the number one sign that your inner child is being triggered is that your reaction doesn't match the situation in front of you right so if we look at that scenario we can very clearly see my reaction to him eating the last two pieces of toast, which I could have gone across the road and bought toast for like probably $3, um, which I could have afforded. And that reaction did not match what was going on right in front of me. Hey, like my reaction was so massive and overwhelming to the point that I had to remove myself to the point that I physically stomped my foot. I literally saw the child in me who at times in my own childhood who felt unloved, who felt like she didn't belong, who felt like people didn't care about her. I saw her come out because of that stress, that emotional stress I was going through in regards to my finances and, you know, coming home and feeling like a failure. So you can see that it wasn't just about the toast, right? It was about so much more than the toast. And I had And let me tell you, I had zero fucking control. I had zero control about how I was reacting in that moment. I just let it happen. I looked and I used to look back on that memory. And I remember coming back and talking to my partner and being and actually saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so embarrassed that I just did that, you know, and feeling a lot of shame around that reaction coming up because I was like, oh, that was so not cool. You know, I was very in my early days in in those relationships, I was very obsessed with the idea of being cool, being, you know, someone who had no needs, who was super chill. I was obsessed with being the cool girl because I thought that I wasn't worthy of having my needs met. Um, Again, my inner child coming through. So I hope with that lovely story, you can really clearly see the signs of your inner child coming out in your real life. And these signs that I primarily look for are one, when you're reaction does not match the situation in front of you so you're having a a really big reaction you're running away you're stomping your foot you're shutting down you're yelling at someone for something that actually isn't really that big a deal if you sat down if you got in your adult mind 
and you really thought about it, you know that everything's going to be okay. But in that moment, it means so much more to you. And this is a sign that it's bringing up shit from your past, right? You're actually not your adult self. You're dragging all of your past stuff, all of your pain, all of your worries, all of your fear, all of your trauma. You're carrying that in a backpack and you're unleashing it in that particular moment. And the reason that we do this is because like most people get really frustrated when their inner child comes up and they try and shove them back in that box, right? They try and pretend like for me in that situation, I felt so much shame. I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I, you know, I didn't work through it. I didn't allow what was coming up to fully express itself because the reason that these reactions and your inner child's coming up in your life, the reason you're acting like a child in some areas of your life is because of the fact that This part of you wants to heal. This part of you wants a new story. This part of you wants to feel seen, wants to feel heard, wants to feel loved because in their own life, if you think of that part of you as an actual person living outside of you, if you think of them like that as your inner child is almost, you know, let's say they're living right next to you, you know, you take their hand everywhere you go. If you think about them like that, they're living in a in a space of pain and shame and trauma and fear and unhappiness and unworthiness, they're living like that constantly. And so why it's so important to do inner child work, it's so important because you are healing this part of you that is not only responsible for so much, but your inner child is actually the key to your creativity and your joy. You don't want to be in your adult self all the time. You want to be able to tap into that joyful ecstatic, amazing, you know, curious state of mind that children have. You want to be able to tap into that, but you want to be able to tap into it from a place where you're choosing to do it. It's not an automatic reaction that you're going into without having a choice whatsoever. So look at your relationships, look at your friendships, look at your relationships with colleagues and look at where, or even just situations, for example, you know, like I said, with my finances, with the idea of coming home after traveling, look at these areas of your life where you're feeling friction and look at what behaviors are showing up for you. Look at places that you might be showing up as a younger version of yourself. Look at where your inner child is being triggered. Now, I briefly just want to move through into how you heal your inner child and what the benefits are. The benefits of healing your inner child are that you show up as your adult self or you show up as a healed version of your childlike self. You don't show up dragging this bullshit from you from the past. And again, relationships are a great place to show this, right? Same with friendships too. We often, you know, it's very said that we drag our crap from one relationship into the next because we haven't dealt with it. We haven't processed it. We haven't felt it. We haven't let it move through us because as children, especially in our society, we aren't taught how to feel our feelings and emotions. We aren't taught how to process these big emotions that go on. And in our childhood, we have actually every single human being, we have these things called core human needs. So your core human needs are these things that are like built into your, like built into your bones, you know, built into your brain, your nervous system, your body, your mind. These needs are built into us as just something automatically that we strive to get met. And it's for survival, their survival instincts. So our core human needs that I like to focus on are obviously safety is one, physically and emotionally being safe, but feeling seen, feeling heard, 
feeling like you belong and feeling like you are loved and enough and accepted for who you are. So we hear those keywords here, accepted, which really relates to authenticity, right? I'm allowed to be whoever I am and I'm going to be loved for who I am. I don't have to change myself. I don't have to pretend to be somebody else. I'm loved for me. And then we hear that other side, which is feeling seen and heard, right? That is people see me, people hear me, people listen to me. I have attention, right? I have people in my life that care about me. And all of these core human needs are linked through to the idea of survival, so these core human needs, which are built into every single one of us, they're mostly operating unconsciously. We're constantly in our tribes, trying in our lives, trying to belong, right? We see that everywhere we go. You see when you, you go to a new place and you meet new people and you start dressing like them or you meet a new partner and they're really into snowboarding. So you learn about snowboarding, right? We're always trying to belong with the people that surround us. We see this in cults, it's fascinating. And that's because that need is such a strong instinct within us to belong so that we can survive. And this links back to tribe kind of way of thinking, meaning that we are meant to live in community. We are meant to live surrounded by other people because that's the best chance of survival. Your human body and brain is built to survive. It's not necessarily built to thrive. Everything in your body is unconsciously driving you to survive and as women to reproduce. So when we think about building lives where we're so happy and you know loved and accepted for who we are and we're really authentic and we're abundant and we're in jobs that we love, that kind of goes against sometimes the core human instincts that we have, those drivers around survival, which are all to do with, I like to call them kind of more caveman way of thinking that we need to fit into the tribe in order to survive. Because if you think about this, if we were living in caveman days, for example, which is what our bodies are primarily designed for, we haven't changed a lot in terms of our internal systems and our nervous system in the last however many years but we haven't really changed that much our bodies and brains are very similar and in, in, in sense of that tribal community kind of state of being it's the way that we're designed best to survive so we have these instincts built into us that set off warning alarms and try and help us to survive more so if you think back to caveman days if you were on your own, if you were kicked out from the tribe, if you, let's say, you know, you decided to wear a, a pink skirt and everyone else was wearing green skirts and people decided that you were weird and they didn't like you for that and they kicked you out of the tribe, right? Your chances of survival are so much lower, right? You could get eaten by a tiger. Like finding food would be much harder on your own. Building shelter would be really hard. All of your core human instincts for survival would be threatened. So what happens is we have this alert that goes off inside of our bodies unconsciously. We're not aware of it. That is like this whisper that is saying to you, belong, fit in, be like everybody else. Abandon your authenticity, abandon your unique way of being so that you can fit in with the tribe, so that you are accepted, so you get those core human needs met, so people can look after you, so you have a better chance of survival, because that is what your body's primarily driving you towards is survival. Again, not necessarily hashtag thriving in your authenticity. 
So those core human needs are something that's really important for you to understand when it comes to healing your inner child, because what happens is as a child, we have these core human needs, right? We want to feel safe. We want to feel belonging. We want to feel loved and accepted. We want to feel seen and heard, right? And in your childlike mind, that's really fucking important because as the creatures that we are being humans, we are some of the mammals that are reliant on our parents and caregivers for the longest fucking time. Like if you look at giraffes and horses and zebras, they come out, they can walk right away, right? But for us as human beings, we are reliant on our parenting or caregiver for survival until we are what? 12, 13, possibly even 15 years old, right? We are reliant on them for a very long time. So when we're children, those needs are even stronger, right? Like we even see it going into our into our physiology, into our appearance where children, babies often look like their fathers so that fathers will recognize that they are their child, that it's not somebody else's child so that they'll feel a connection to it, so that they'll look after the child, so that they will help the child survive. That's what's going on beneath the surface in our bodies and our brains. As children, we are very concerned and driven by that idea of I need my parent or caregiver or family or whatever group I'm in. I need them to love me. I need them to accept me. I need to feel like I belong with them and I need to feel like I'm safe with them. And as children, when those needs go unmet, So when, say, for example, if you grew up in a home that wasn't safe or if you had a parent abandon you at a young age or you you just felt like you didn't belong, maybe your whole, you know, maybe your whole family was really sporty and you were really arty or creative or whatever it might be. Or maybe you had a really strained relationship with one of your parents where let's say, very odd example, but let's say your mum really despises you because you, you know, ruined her body or whatever and she was really concerned with that and it created a bit of tension in that relationship and you, you felt that as a child, you felt that, you know, almost hate towards you, that resentment towards you. There's so many examples and scenarios I could go into here, but if those needs go unmet, so feeling seen and heard, so examples of this are, People like your parents and caregivers don't have time for you. Maybe they're at work all the time. So you don't feel seen or heard, right? Maybe you don't feel like you belong. If they're into one thing, you're into another. Maybe you look slightly different to them. When those needs go unmet over a period of time repeatedly, that creates pain, that creates fear, that creates this sensation in the body, which is actually your nervous system going into fight or flight, alerting you, something's wrong, you're in danger, Right? Your body unconsciously is saying, you're in danger. You need to change something. You need to figure this shit out to get your needs met so that we can survive. And so what happens here is children, because remember, you're not in your adult mind. You're not as a child. You're not able to say, oh, you know, it's just because they're busy and they're at work. That's why they're working late all the time. Or, you know, it's not, let's say you had a, a parent or caregiver that left very early on for you. And as a child, you're not able to, to really understand and justify what's going on for them, you're basically going and children, we're very egotistical, right? As kids, children think that they are the cause and effect of everything. Children think everything is their fault. So mum, dad getting divorced, child blames themselves, right? And again, the reason for this is linked to survival. 
But when these needs go unmet over a period of time, it creates a wounding effect. It creates pain. It creates trauma. It creates this lack of self-worth. And the child then and you maybe begin to develop coping mechanisms or to develop ways of either trying to meet your own needs or trying to get your needs met by your parent. And this can involve often abandoning your authenticity. So abandoning who you are, choosing to be somebody else. So again, classic example, your parents are really into sport and you're really into music. You choose to join the sporting team instead of pursuing music to please your parent because they show you love for that. They feel like they accept you more for that. You feel more seen and heard by them when you're talking about sport, when you're telling them about the game that you went to, rather than when you're telling them about this, you know, thing that you learned in music class or when you're showing them your painting or when you're telling them the story that you made up, you know? So it really involves that abandoning authenticity in order to survive, in order to feel more belonging and more love from your parents and caregivers. And this creates that wounding effect. This creates this, I don't know who I am. This creates an adult version of you who has no idea who the fuck they are, who has no idea how to feel worthy and feel safe in relationships with others, who believes that they aren't worthy of love for just being who they are, who continually abandons themselves to please other people, who continually puts other people before themselves. Or you go the other end of the spectrum, you push people away, you become highly independent and you constantly strive to meet your needs yourself rather than relying on other people because it's not safe to. Because in your past, in your own childhood, you weren't able to rely on your parent or caregiver to meet your needs. So you do it yourself and you apply that to any relationship that you're in. Your relationship with your parent or caregiver is a huge, is a huge, huge depictor of the relationship dynamic that you will be in in the future with romantic partners, with friendships, with colleagues. Relationships are relationships and there's so much of that stuff from your childhood that is that will show up in your life today unless you do this work, unless you make the conscious the unconscious conscious, unless you allow your inner child to exist, to meet them, to bring them up. So this is, let's move now into how to heal your inner child, right? We know that we know that now about what a wounded inner child looks like and how the wounding occurs and how it might show up in your life. But let's talk now about how you actually heal your inner child. Healing your inner child is done through the act of reparenting. So this essentially means that you are going to pretend that your childlike self lives with you. They are next to you all the time and you become their parent. You become the wise inner parent looking after them, supporting them, helping them, helping them make sense of stuff that's going on, supporting them through their triggers, learning to meet your own needs yourself as the adult version of you to the childlike version of you. So what this might look like, okay, let's say that you are a person that doesn't feel like they are worthy of love. Maybe you people please, maybe you rely on external validation, maybe you push people away, whatever it is, for, for some reason or another, you aren't operating relationships the way that you want to be, right? You aren't in a relationship that you want to be in. So what this would look like is you can do this in many ways, reparenting. 
You can do it one and my favorite in the moment, right? So when you notice something coming up in yourself, so let's say you go out on a date, right? Let's say you go out on a date and it's going well and this person says that they're really into snowboarding or they're really into this specific band or something like that. And you feel yourself going, oh my God, I love them too. Or, you know, you quickly run to the bathroom and you look up all the the band's favorite songs or you research about snowboarding, whatever it is, so that you can come back to the table and share with them and so that they'll like you, rah, rah, rah. When that happens, you can do that work in that moment. So what this would sound like is learning to connect to that adult version of you, right? The version of you that is calm, that is curious, that is loving, that knows that you matter so in that moment this will look like you speaking to that younger part of you now a really helpful way to do this for for anyone that's struggling to believe that there's another part of you that exists right i want you to think about when you make a decision right so when you make a decision about again i'll give another random example whether you want to have sex with somebody or not right? Let's say you've gone on a few dates with someone and you're deciding, do I want to take the next step with them physically or do I not, right? It's very common to hear two voices in your head, right? You know, the classic angel and devil on your shoulder. One is saying, oh, do it. It'll be so fun. The other one's saying, no, actually, I don't feel good. Let's wait a bit longer. That's an example of two different parts of you existing. That's an example of two different parts of you, right? Not just one. You're not just one part, you're multiple parts, you're multiple personalities, you're multiple people inside of yourself, all trapped in different stages of time, and your inner child is one of them. Your inner child is the part of you that is young, vulnerable, scared, fearful, whatever it is that your inner child might look like. So healing your inner child is about speaking to them, about bringing them up. And a great way to do this is to externalize them. So grab a photo of your childlike self and stick them on your mirror or buy a teddy bear and pretend that that teddy is your inner child. Quite often with clients in sessions, I will get them a pillow or get them something that they can hold, that they can look at, and they pretend that that thing is their inner child or that part of them that they're trying to work with. I've used drink bottles, I've used whatever, but it can often help to imagine and pull that part out of you so that you're looking at it, so that you're feeling how you feel towards it, you know? And reparenting is done through giving your inner child the experience that you wish you had as a child when that when those triggers came up. So let's say you're getting really overwhelmed, right? And maybe as a kid, maybe your parent didn't have time for that. Maybe they got overwhelmed by you being overwhelmed and they pushed you away. They told you to go into your room. They told you to deal with it, right? And that didn't help you. And so now you get to become your own best parent. You get to, the next time you're overwhelmed, say, hey, inner child, I can see that you're here. I can see you're overwhelmed. You get to speak to your inner child the way that you always wish that your own parent or caregiver had spoken to you. And remember, this process is not about blaming or shaming your parents and caregivers. They literally just did the best with what they had. They parented probably how they were parented by their own parents. It's a it's a cyclical generational thing that gets passed down. But the reason this work is so important, the reason this work is something I'm so passionate about and what I want you to be passionate about is because it's breaking these cycles of shameful parenting it's breaking these cycles of raising children that don't know how to feel their feelings and emotions that feel unworthy that don't feel good enough it's breaking those cycles 
that early attachment, that relationship between parent or caregiver and child or within the family, those dynamics impact us for the rest of our lives. They really do set us up for how we relate in the future and how we feel about ourselves, our belief systems, who we are, how valuable we think we are, how we measure our own success. They have a huge impact on our lives as adults. And so it's so important to do this work and it's never too late. Okay. It is never too late. So the next time that you are triggered, the next time you get overwhelmed, angry, defensive, you shut down, whatever it is that you notice that you react with in your inner child's essence, the next time that happens, speak to yourself the way that you would love to speak to a child. Speak to yourself with kindness and compassion. Support this part of you through those feelings and emotions. Tell them it's okay. Validate their feelings. Like allow yourself to calm down. Just be with them. So here are the practical steps I want you to take today and what's going to really support you in this, okay? One, go and sign up to my free inner child workshop. I'm running a 90-minute workshop where you'll not only have space to ask questions or share if you feel called to, but also to hear what other people are going through in this, hear their examples, understand more about your inner child, have space for reflection, but you'll also go through multiple healing exercises that I'll take you through so that you can find a couple of ways to connect to your inner child that feel really good for you, okay? I really want to do this with you. So I'm running that on Wednesday, the 15th of March. It's next week. 7.30 p.m. New Zealand time. Now, if you cannot make this live, please sign up anyway. Um, I put, I'll put the link in the show note, drop your email in there. But sign up anyway. The replay is available for 24 hours only, okay? This is to give you a bit of urgency to actually do it, all right? Procrastination's a bitch, but when we have some timelines on it, we often will actually act on it. So, this is a free workshop. Go and sign up for it. You can have your camera on, your camera off, whatever you need to be. You'll have space to share or you can just listen. But it's going to be an incredible experience all around helping you to heal these wounded parts of you so that you can show up in your life feeling good enough, feeling more worthy of love, feeling more confident, feeling brave and understanding how to support yourself in those moments of pain and those moments of fear and doubt and anxiety and overwhelm so that you can show up in life the way that you really want to show up and create the freaking life that you want to live. Oh my God, there is literally a dragonfly buzzing past my shoulder right now. This is amazing. Um, where was I going with this? Okay, so start up to the workshop. Now, after the workshop, the following Monday, which is the 20th, I'm kicking off a free five-day inner child healing challenge, all right? And this is because inner child healing takes time and it also takes a while to figure out how you best connect to your inner child and what really lands with you. So over the five days, um, I'm going to be giving you short five to 10 minute exercises. So again, the commitment is literally five to 10 minutes a day. It's all going to be done through a Facebook group of healing your inner child. I'm going to give you a few different exercises, a few practices, a few pieces of homework so that you can actually start this work and integrate it into your life rather than, let's face it, just showing up to a one-off workshop because this work, it does take work, all right? I'm not going to pretend that it's a one-time thing. It's something that takes consistent effort. And when you build it into your life, let me just tell you, it is life-changing. I cannot fucking believe what the impact of inner child work has had on me today. Going from someone who literally never had Instagram 
her entire life because she was so afraid of what other people thought. She was so afraid, but yet had this deep desire to be seen, had this deep desire to create like videos and, you know, share stuff with people and connect with people in this way. It was something I wanted so badly, but something I was so fucking terrified of, right? It took me, like once I finally started my first Instagram for my business, it took me like three plus months to put out that first post. Now I am somebody who shows up on Instagram nearly every day without a care in the world, right? I have pushed my own limits to what I share. I'm vulnerable. I'm real. I've created a fucking podcast. I've created a business helping other people, doing things I'm passionate about. I'm helping other people in the best way I know how. I'm making a difference. I'm making an impact in a way that feels really important and is really important in this world in my way, being me, not being anybody else, not pretending, not showing up as everybody else does, but just being fucking myself. And let me tell you, inner child work is what has led me here every single day. This is stuff I do, okay? And this is what I'm teaching inside this workshop and over the challenge. So that is practical step one that I want you to do. Practical step two, okay, is figure out what's going on for your inner child. Where do they show up in your life? What things upset you? Where do you show up as a childlike version of yourself in your life? What things trigger you? And what does that remind you of as a child? What core human needs aren't being met? Do you not feel seen? Do you not feel heard? Do you not feel like you belong or you're accepted? Do you not feel safe? Feel and figure out what's going on there. Practical step number three is to start speaking to your inner child, okay? Start speaking, connecting to them in whatever way you know how. This could look like, again, putting a picture of yourself up in the mirror as a child or, lo- or put, like looking at it on your phone from time to time. You don't have to do this every single day, but even if you just spend some time or it could be imagining that they're next to you. One of my favorite things to do If I'm sitting on like a couch or if I'm walking along the beach, I will either reach out my hand and pretend that I'm holding my inner child's hand. I'll say, hey, you're welcome to be here. How are you feeling today? Start thinking of them like a child in your life. Start taking care of them. Start asking them how they are. Start connecting with them. And great ways to do this are through meditation or through journaling. This is what I'm going to be sharing inside of the workshop and inside of the five-day challenge. So if you want actual things to do because you're not sure, this is going to support you in that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have learned about the magic of your inner child and about how you can change some of this stuff about how you can learn to be more confident, more self-assured, how you can lessen the doubt and the anxiety that you feel in your life in order to feel more worthy and like you are worthy of love because you are. You are worthy of love. You are enough. You are fucking worthy of your wildest dreams. You are important. You are special. Okay? And one final thing that I want you to do now is just go replay that last 30 seconds and let your inner child hear that. Let your inner child hear how worthy they are, how important they are, how loved they are. Say some nice things to them today. Okay? So I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please share this to your stories on Instagram. Send it to a friend. Tag me in it. I'm at Kathleen.MindsetCoach. Kathleen with a K. I'd love to see what you're learning and what you're taking away. And help me get this message of inner child healing spread far and wide. I hope to see you at the Inner Child Healing Workshop on Wednesday or inside of the five-day challenge. I will put 
both of the links here. If you only want to do the challenge, maybe you've done the workshop before, I'll put the link to the Facebook group in the show notes as well so you can join it. That starts on the 20th. But otherwise, just make sure you sign up to the challenge because all the emails and the reminders and the Facebook group link will be going out in there as well. Remember, you are enough, you are worthy, you are important and you are loved just as you are. You don't need to fix yourself, you are not broken, you are so fucking important and special and you are going and doing and being amazing just as you are. I love you so much and I cannot wait to see you all soon. All right, bye.